Alrighty, guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Oasis Podcast. I'm Anthony, joined by my friends. Danny. And Nate. <laughs> we also got the whole media crew behind the set. We got Ofred, we got Freddie, we also got Mondo and Mark. And uh, today, man, we got a very special guest today. Like always, we always promise you guys to bring the aces of every single industry. And uh, today we got the ace of the podcast industry. Tell them why, Dan. So for today's episode, we have the ace of the podcast industry. And more importantly, he's right here from our backyard in the Central Valley. Frank Delena is the host and founder of Bring the Juice Podcast that currently airs on Fox Sports Radio with CK from B95 and every major streaming platform. Today we're going to talk about the success of his podcast all within a year's time. We're going to get into a little bit of this interesting background about walking onto a D1 college. And we're also going to get a little bit into about how he was training for the U.S. Olympics. So stay tuned for this one. And so without any further ado, we're going to get into it with Frank Delena, guys. Let's go. <laughs> hey, I appreciate you guys having me out here. I, uh, I mean, the studio is awesome. You guys have great energy, which I absolutely love. That's electric. Uh... Yeah, bring the juice. It's the ball's kind of rolling right now, boys. So we're we're rolling with it, and uh, happy to be here. Sip on something light and have ourselves a day. Let it rip. Let's go, it. dude. So <laughs> I gotta say this, bro. One of the things that I love about your podcast, and I love about you as a person, dude, is that um, when you're listening to your shows, dude, you can hear like the passion and like the grit, man. I know you talk about you talk a lot about being gritty. A lot of the guys here, you know, you talk about from hard work and all that stuff. So. Dude, I, I, we were doing some research, obviously, and we found, dude, that you, you you started working in a farm, right? You work in a farm? Yes, sir. My family grows onions for a living. Sure. There we go. Yeah. So do you think that um, – I grew up in Squaw Valley, a little bit of a country, so I know that I grew up chopping wood, doing stuff like that, maybe a little bit different than the farming life, but do you feel like growing up in, in a farming – like the farming culture, like how do you feel that added to, like, your greediness to that – having that dog in you, dude? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I kind of grew up in the – lifestyle where you didn't go to summer camps very often uh was told you can't go hang out with your friends on saturday because you had to go to work with your dad that's just all i knew growing up um didn't think it was weird didn't think anything of it really did it up until high school when you start playing high school football like you practice every day in the summer so that's what that's where the real conflict came into play but up to that point that's all i knew was going to work um i would say if you had to pinpoint a day where a level of grit excelled in my life. Um, when your dad, you know, the valley is really hot during the summertime. It's 110 degrees. And there's this concept of irrigation called sprinkler pipes, essentially. It's a 47-foot pipe. Um, you start down the middle of a field. A field is half a mile long. So you start in the middle. You've got a quarter of a mile to move. you got to move them about 20 yards away. The water starts running. The pipes are hot. If you don't go fast enough, eventually where you're at is going to flood the field. So you got to keep going. And I did this a lot with my dad growing up, my brothers as well. They, they're very similar to me. Uh, it's just an activity we did on the farm that was kind of like, hey, you're, you're becoming a man almost. Um, but it was work. It's all we knew. And there was a day where instead of being with my dad, it was just me by myself. And there was, I always worked with the other workers None of which would, you know, speak English for the most part, but those are my boys, and they still are. And um, there was just a day where I remember I was probably fourth, fifth grade, and I the water was I was getting flooded out, kneecap deep, and I was like, I wanted to cry. I was like, it's time to go. And you just you kind of flip that switch of like, no one's here to come save you. No one's gonna stop that water because you're too small of a kid. Like, find a way. And um, I pinpoint that day just because I remember it so 
just so clearly there was a lot of days like that but that day was the flip of the switch where i was like hey i have an opportunity to do something here do it so yeah yeah definitely yes to the farm thing it's helped me (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty big man i feel like that's more of that like the fight or flight right where it's either you fight or are you fine? You know what I mean? Like right. you sink or swim. So Absolutely. tell us a little bit about as well, man, how that's translated in your everyday life now. Cause I know you've got a lot of stuff going on and how was that translated? Yeah. I mean, throughout that childhood of, even though I wasn't just some farm kid, like I, I played every sport that you possibly, you could, everything that was offered. And, uh, as my career progressed, there's options on the table. Do you want to play college? Do you not? What do you want to do in college? Um, always knowing though, I was going to come back to the family farm to, be a part of it you know i'm third generation and i think when you grow up in something like that and your last name's attached to it most people at least i know they they take a sense of pride in it and they want to be um they want to leave it better than they found it and i knew that it was going to be a hard thing because between my grandfather my uncle my aunts my mom and dad they created this absolute kick-ass business that is literally bred off of no one's help just them keeping their nose on the grindstone and just getting after it. And uh, that helped form me to who I am today. Um, but, you know, all those little journeys in between, between playing football, trying to go after the Olympic dream, and then eventually rolling into how Bring the Juice started, um, <clears throat> it's propelled. And, like, not even just how it started. Like, you guys know the, po- the podcast game is not an easy game to get into. Like, most people think, hey, grab some microphones, get some of your boys, let's sip on a cocktail, boom, you got a podcast. But if you're really trying to make it a thing and separate yourself from the pack, it takes some time. It takes a little bit of a financial investment. It takes a little bit of, you know, want to, because I don't know if this is your guys' full-time gigs, but you really got to have a passion for it if you're going to do it. So between all those things I kind of mentioned, it's 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 meshed together and uh has become a cool formula but it definitely has not been easy and there's been a lot of uh adversity 100 percent, man and i know you mentioned a lot of stuff you mentioned the olympics you mentioned fresno state walking on different stuff and i'm sure today uh everyone at home is going to see exactly kind of the crazy stuff man the crazy life that you've lived and it's pretty cool because you're from literally here our backyard but i really want to start off at the fresno state right so you play sure. college ball and uh i understand that you you walked on right yeah so uh, you know, in high school, didn't know what I wanted to do because I was playing other, all the other sports for the most part. I thought I was going to play soccer at Cal Poly out of the gate. And then I had a good year of football my junior season. And uh, I don't know. I always I, I always thought, you know, let's, let's try that out. But I'm, you know, a 5'8 white boy who was weighing like 130 at the time. That's not your typical prototype for a Division One <laughs> receiver. Um, but I knew I had the highlight tape. And – Coaches were saying they. I would go to these. I, I didn't go to any of these camps yet. And going into my senior year, I told my mom we started sending out emails. Not many responses, or the responses I did get, they're like, "Hey, love what we're seeing. How tall are you? And how big are you, by the way?" And I would never put that in the first email because I knew automatic turnoff. Like nobody. At least let them look. It, right, right. right. Yeah, at, at, least, <laughs> at least get the look. Check right. At least get a little. Maybe. Get these guys a little riled up a little bit. Like, hey, yo, let's let's you know let's get interested in this guy. Um, but long story short, uh, really had like big sky schools looking at me and uh, sent a lot of emails to Fresno State, went to their camp, had a broken hand, oh. 
oh. and was catching everything one-handed though as a wide receiver, which is uh, it was working right. And uh, one fastest man at the camp, so I got to meet the coaches. Well, keep in mind at this time, Devonte Adams is just leaving with Derek Carr, so that's a pretty big shoes to attempt to try to recruit to fill, you know. And uh, I shook their hands. They didn't have any faith in me. I emailed them 30 more times. Then eventually push came to shove. They saw that I had a decent GPA. They knew I wanted to play at Fresno. They didn't have a scholarship for me, but they said, hey, we'll give you a preferred walk-on spot. you got a place on the team. You know, they gave me meals. They gave me a little bit of love on the books. They just said, like, we can't pay you tuition, and we won't give you a stipend. Fine. I mean, let's get after it. If it's an opportunity – I knew if I had my opportunity that I was a good enough football player and athlete to earn a spot on that team, eventually getting a scholarship, eventually being able to contribute in some way, shape, or form. And, uh, yeah, bet on myself. But it's hard walking on. I mean, there's some – you hear all kinds of crazy stories about walk-ons at this point, but, like, you're treated differently <clears throat> a little bit out of the gate. Um, you got a chip on your shoulder because you got something to prove. It wasn't really hard for me because I was always the smaller guy. So it's not like I'm like, oh crap, these guys are big. Everyone was always bigger yeah. than me. I don't really care about you that. Were, you weren't a Nate walking on. No, no, no. It, it's it's like you're just like, all right. There's some there's some grown ass men. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Like you come in 18, peach fuzz on your face. Like there's dudes, grown ass men, two, <laughs> two kids. 40, yes. You know, they're looking. Looks like Nate at look, 17, 16. Hey, yeah, there's, but there's some dudes out there. Like they're studs. But you know, I'm so blessed to have had that opportunity, and I. I was I was given an inch and took a mile from it. I ran with it, and it's it's really been a huge uh, milestone in my life that's propelled me into the man I am today. So, how many yeah. seasons uh, were you there at Fresno State? I played five years. I redshirted my first year, my first season, and then I I had four years after that. Oh, there you go. Yeah. What was your favorite game <clears throat> of the season? Like, was there any game that you look forward to the most out of the like? The whole year. Uh, anytime we play Boise State, definitely is personal. Oh, yeah. We yeah. we openly uh, dislike each other very much. So you know nobody likes playing Boise State, San Diego. No, we have a, we play for a trophy, so there's there's bad blood there. Um, San Jose as well. We, we play for the Valley Trophy, which people who play for Fresno State they want to represent the Valley, the Green V. Mm-hmm. A lot of pride in that. And uh, so you want to win that trophy. That's a heavy-ass trophy, too. That's like an 80-pound trophy. Damn. Yeah, fun fact. But uh, <laughs> That's heavy, dude. You know, at the same time, too, like I, this didn't hit me as close to the guys once you realize so half the teams from between L.A. and the Bay. So when we play a team like USC or UCLA or anyone from the Pac-12, really, uh-huh. they're circled on the schedule because they passed them up. And, uh, you know, I – I love I love being you beating UCLA was one of the best wins I've ever been a part of in my life. Um, beating Arizona State in the in the Vegas Bowl was awesome mm. too. There's there's some cool stuff out there. There's some cool moments. You know, we got to play Alabama, which oh, was yeah, that's crazy. a crazy experience. Not not you know, we played Nebraska and Ole Miss and stuff as well, but and there was a couple other bigger schools, but Bama's Bama. They're the top Bama's of the first Bama. Bama's Bama. Yeah. Bama. Who did they have on the roster at that time? Anyway. Jalen Hurts was the starting quarterback. Oh, God. Oh. There we go. <laughs> Dude's legs is like a baby horse, bro. It's insane. I've never seen anything like that. That's probably around the time he was squatting no, 600. We were not winning the game at halftime, and they put Tua in towards the end of the game to let him get some rest. So it was before he even took over. Was that the year? It was the year. The na- oh, that was the year. Yeah, so they oh, just, the year. They just, the year. They just won the Natty, and then they came and went. I think they went back to back. They won the year we played them. 
And uh, sure enough, the next week, University of Washington was ranked number three in the country. So we played number one and number three back to back weeks. It was a damn. It's a tough start, so but then we finished up ten and four. So it was a, it was worth it. It was worth it. <laughs> How was that though? Right like there. the competition. So did you notice a big difference between obviously schools we play around here, like local school, like San Diego State, Boise, compared to Alabama? Yeah, Bama's different. What was the biggest difference? Like mindset, obviously size, probably a big thing. Uh, size for sure. I mean, they're one of my coaches. He coached at USC for a long period of time. And we're warming up, and one team's facing the forty one way, and one team's facing forty the other way. And you, but you know, you're kind of, kind of glancing back a little bit, like <laughs> sizing these guys up. I'm used to being small, but these, I, when I'm not kidding when I say this, they're D linemen. They looked like they were ten feet tall, bro. I've never <laughs> seen think maybe it was the cleats or the angle or the way the sun was hitting them that day, but I've never seen a human being that big in my life. And I'm just thinking like. Uh, maybe I'm exaggerating. I went to school with some seven-footers in basketball. Like, all right. And my coach, who literally coached at USC for a long period of time, goes, I've never seen someone that big in real life. And I've gone to like – because I coached in the league. Like, I've never seen people that big. Bama was bigger. They were – they're just so disciplined, too. And they're so – I mean, Nick Saban is one of a kind. Yeah, 100%. Granted, Georgia, like, is kind of on a hot streak recently, right now. Yeah, recently, of course. But, dude, if I am the number one five-star recruit in the country – Bama. I'm going to Bama. 100%. That's just me, though. Yeah, I feel like you have Colorado now. Yeah. Colorado? Oh, I'd Coach still Prime? go to Bama. No, of course. Coach Prime. <laughs> Coach, hey, but, Prime hey, you know? Coach Prime's changing the game, though. He, he is. is. He, he is, though. Yeah. He really is, dude. And on the topic of talent, um, I played a little bit of Juco. I was actually at Reedley when Josh Allen was there. Okay. And, like, there's always, like, this saying, dude, that, like, in Juco, a lot of guys talk, like to talk about, which I, I think – I didn't play D1. Okay. But I, I think I want to get your take on it. They say, the Juco ball players say that the talent is the same as a D1 athletes. It's just what happened. You know, maybe the grades weren't there or something like that wasn't there. How, do you feel like that's true? Is it true to an extent? I, what, do, what do you think about that? Uh, absolutely. I, I've, I think that there's a lot of dudes in Juco that could be starting at D1s right now, without a doubt. Um, but at the same time, I know a lot of guys who I played high school football with, against, in the same era of, and they're like, oh, bro, I could have played D1. And it's just like, but you didn't. Mm. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. Mm. And I'm not saying that's because you physically didn't run a fast enough 40 time. Maybe it's that you didn't score enough touchdowns. I don't know what limited you, but unless you do something like you, you didn't do it unless you did do it. And to like even go an extent further on that, maybe it's not because th- there's a lot of situations in there, but maybe you didn't have the grades. Well, you need to have good enough grades to play Division One football. Maybe you couldn't get out of bed every single day to get to practice and you weren't accountable enough to play Division One football. Because there is standards at Division One versus Division Two. Like I've, I've I've talked to many friends. One of my best friends has coached at every level now in his you know young life. And like there is difference. There is different standard. There is different um, you have a shorter leash, I guess you would say. But there's dudes who come from JUCO. <clears throat> And they start right away, and they're, they're absolute studs. Then there's dudes who come to JUCO, and they can't handle that schedule and accountability needed the at the division level. The discipline right. of it, yeah. It's the, the discipline of it. Right. Succeed at that level. And, it's, and I, like I say, it's not made for everybody. And I'm not over here, like, you know, saying, look, oh, you're, you're so great if you do or you're so great if you don't. I'm just saying, like, you either do something or you don't do something. Yeah. It's Depends on the person for and, sure. And, yeah. and, and on that I think topic, Cam went down to JUCO too. Yeah, he did. Back, yeah, yeah. Back. I mean, dudes do it all the time. Mm-hmm. And yeah. on that topic, dude, um, obviously it's a cool story, man. Because you know you, you're not like a super freaking tall guy, super like 
physically gifted, oh, quote unquote. Standard, so, average white boy. Uh, <laughs> he's, 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 uh, he's you're the average, as, as, as the average white boy, as, as you say. Um, <laughs> yeah. How, how, what are some tips or some things? Because I think there's a lot of talent in the Valley. Totally. But I feel like sometimes some kids, they don't try hard enough. I know in your story, you kind of touched on a lot, dude. Like you sent a ton of emails. You were putting in the work. You made sure you had the highlight tape. So to somebody here um, that's, you know, a young athlete from the Valley that maybe feels like they're not quote unquote physically gifted right what's like the what's the outline dude what what are what's the outline you would give them like hey this is a prescription do this you have a really good shot at walking on at a d1 uh, football program right now be the best version of yourself you could possibly be in whatever it is you're doing we're talking football right now itself some guys have some crazy talent and they just don't have the structure the backbone there's someone in their life to kick him in the ass to be better um but if you have that dog in you and you're like, hey, I'm going to outwork the competition. I'm going to do things that the other guy in Sacramento is the same height, the same weight, whatever it might be as me. I'm going to have a better GPA. If there's two guys next to each other. They're the same height, the same weight, the same speed, the same amount of touchdowns, all that crap. And one guy's got a 3-0 and one guy's got a 1-5. They're taking the guy with a 3-0 every single day of the week, 100 million mm-hmm. times in a row. Because it shows that you're accountable enough to at least get your shit together in school, right? And you got it, and like it is hard because you do have like you could work your absolute tail off. And I played with guys who I respect the hell out of, and they're doing great in life because they have that work ethic. But you got to have like there is a level of talent to it. You can't just be some hard ass bodybuilder who, but you can't run a route or catch a football or block or learn your plays, whatever it might be. Like you do have there is a certain level that you do have to accomplish athletically. Um, but you know what? Keep going because there's guys, especially, again, you want to reference Fresno State. There's guys who come in as three-star, four-star recruits, and everyone's hyping them up. They're going to be the next Devontae Adams. That's the next Derek Carr, yada, yada, yada. And they don't last two weeks because although they had the physical attributes and maybe they did have the highlight tape, they don't know how to do every single little thing right. So I would just say the, the one bullet point, do little things right. Give extreme effort. Have a positive attitude and control the controllables. Mm-hmm. You're given a playbook. Don't have a coach pull you out because you don't know a play. That's your ass. 100%. That's mm-hmm. your it's ass. It's happen many times. That's what I'm saying. Something else I want to touch on too, because yeah. I know you played football back <clears throat> in like, you know, what's 2014, 2015? Uh, 2015 into 2019, I finished, yeah. So that was before we got the NIL deals, right? Right. What do you think about the NIL deals and how do you think it's going to affect or has been affecting the college level already? <clears throat> I think there's tears to it. I was uh, I had a cool experience going to the East West Shrine game a couple weeks ago and interviewing some pretty high end athletes between guys from Ohio State, Michigan, Georgia, Florida, the the, the big dogs, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About um, to get drafted, yeah. right? Yeah, you know, like these dudes, mm-hmm. like they were Stroud. had good enough careers to make a college all star game, and now they're about to get drafted. Like, what's their hot take on it? And I think there's levels to it. You know, I think paying kids out of high school is wrong. For a couple of reasons. One, what is a 17-year-old going to do with $5 million? How, is, how are you going to set him up for success? Mm-hmm. Yes, that the obvious answer is, you I mean, how are you going to set him? The dude's got $5 million. He's 17. Like He's in a good position right now. Mm-hmm. But the responsibility of having that right, at that age. Right, it's not reasonable yeah, at all. And not saying that it's so, so black and white like that. Like Maybe he's got a responsible parent that... They could say, hey, take this $5 million. We're going to put it in a bank account. Or maybe we're going to put it in the S&P 500 and let it grow 7% until you're you know, 25. But that's if. Yeah, that's if. Yeah. Right, there's yeah. A lot. And granted, these are, we're talking whales here. There's not 
a lot of these situations mm-hmm. happening. You hear about them on like Twitter and stuff, but there's not a lot of those things mm-hmm. going on. Um, I think as a whole, there's good and bad to it. But at the end of the day, it's like ball is ball. You got to mm-hmm. go out and perform. Chase the bag is something you hear a lot of kids say. You got to chase the bag. 100%. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. 100%. But I think if Fresno State is offering a kid 10000 and San Diego State's offering a kid 12000 I don't think a kid should decide his college or where he wants to play football at next year off this $2,000. What's the coaching situation? If you tore both your ACLs the first day of practice, would you still want to go to this school? Like, is it a good mm-hmm. fit for you? There's Are you going to so fit in the scheme exactly. at your position? It, Are you exactly that? Versus, versus, like, okay, well, this car dealership and Bama is right. going to give me like five million to play. Right. You got to get in where you fit, and I understand that. And there's levels to it, but you know, I don't think it should be necessarily the deal breaker. Um, I also don't like, I don't like that kids now are they're so good, or they have a breakout season. And they're like, hey, I'm just going to go in the transfer portal, and it's going to be a bidding war, essentially. Mm. I don't think that's necessarily right because football is such a game of loyalty and brotherhood and family to where it's like, dude, like, what are you Minus the NFL. Minus them. NFL is completely different than college. you got to chase the bag in the league. I think you hit a certain level of play in the NFL where you got your money and now you want to win championships. Um, but NIL, it's... Take it what you want with the great assault. It's it's changing the atmosphere of the landscape of college football, though, for sure. Like recruiting-wise, you'd say? Recruiting and then just, I think, uh, keeping a team together. That makes sense. If you have one good season, like, well, now I can get paid more at another school. It's tough, man. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. What would be your message to someone out there like that's getting recruited mm-hmm. as far as why they should come to Fresno State and become a Bulldog? We win. We got dudes in the league. Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in the league. He, 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 I mean, he, he went to Fresno State. It's true. Derek Carr is going to be the top free agent this year. Say what you want, whether you're a Raiders fan or not, or you respect them or not. The dude consistently was making plays. They don't yeah, deserve him. I, I think the, Raiders don't deserve him. They don't I, deserve him. I, I, they don't. And I, you know, I, <laughs> it's tough. But even then, like, those are our, our, our green giants, essentially, yeah. our sleeping giants. Aaron Judge just won. I mean, he's Aaron Judge is the superhero of MLB right now. He's Aaron Judge, bro. Like, yeah. Paul George, okay, he's not LeBron right now, but there is not one team in the NBA that would not be interested in having Paul George in their starting five. And then there's other guys too that you know they're trick they're lost in the sauce. But it's like, dude, this is a starting middle line. Michael Walker is one of my best friends, starting middle linebacker for the Atlanta Falcons. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. dude came balled out. Your own Sanger banger, Aaron Mosby. I had him on the pod a couple days ago. It's going to drop yep. next Thursday. I mean, the dude came to Fresno, had a career. It's on the Carolina Panthers. Like, we produce winning atmospheres. I mean, our atmosphere is electric. We produce winning culture results with rings, championships, bowl rings, uh, upsetting Pac-12 teams. It's true. I also think you go – we're the top stadium in the Mountain West. There's not one atmosphere – like that in the Mountain West. Yeah. Not even it, blue turf. Not even blue turf. <laughs> Dang, I was going to ask and, about that too, how the atmosphere is playing there. It's different, especially for a championship. The Red Wave's different, bro. The Red Wave's different, Red but even different. like you go down to UCLA, like the Rose Bowl has so <clears throat> much history and it's badass. Fresno State gets more rocking than the Rose Bowl. They had to get ranked like six for it to be rocking. Go to a Cal game, no one's there. Go to a Stanford game, even less people are there. 
<laughs> San Diego State, I heard they don't sell out. They used to play at Qualcomm when I played there, and it was it was okay. But you could ask people what the best stadium in the Mountain West is, and it's Fresno State. Hell, I had Jack Coletto, who was the star the star player for Oregon State. He had that walk-off touchdown to us. I asked him straight up. I said, bro, how was it playing at Fresno State? He goes, it's, it's, it's intimidating. It's loud. It's rowdy. I would put us, like, us up against a lot of schools, and hopefully that trait – of Bulldog Stadium or Valley Children's Stadium now is uh, something to one bring recruits in, but also help propel us into potentially a Big Twelve or Pac Twelve conference. Mm. That's big, man, and I, I can attest on that a thousand percent. I've been to a couple of Fresno State games, and mm. it's electric, man. Like when it comes down to getting close to those higher environment, those energy <laughs> electric. Yeah, the Red Wave brings it, man, hundred uh, percent. I I definitely agree, and it's and I'll tell you what, when you're a player and you go from your locker room and you got to walk down that ramp. You feel like you're floating, bro. It's 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 there's you can't mimic that type of energy in like your internal loins because it's just the most electric thing ever. Alrighty, guys, quick pause to the podcast today episode. Uh, quick shout out to our sponsors, Brick House Bar and Grill, right here in Sanger. I'm telling you guys, they have everything you would need and one for a casual night out for a dinner. Uh, me personally, I'm a big fan of the uh, fruity drinks. So we got the fruity drinks. We also got the more manly drinks. We got the old fashions over there. And on top of that, we got a lot of great food, steak. Tell them some other stuff, Dan. Look, uh, I'll tell you what. The, the main reason why you want to come here is the raspberry mash. Come here, ask for a raspberry mash. You're not going to regret it. It's probably the best probably the best drink on the menu. Everything else is great, but I'm a, I'm a diehard fan for the strawberry mash. <laughs> uh, I would like to also say the ratio on this tequila soda is, is on point. So <laughs> the bartender did a great job. <laughs> old fashions are pretty lit, too. Yeah. Awesome. They got the good ice. They got, they got the good ice. They do. Have, yeah, they do. I know. Yeah. It's, hey, it's ice matters. It's rare to find. Yeah, it's true. Ice does yeah. matter. Ice does matter, guys. So for any other occasion, make sure you give a uh, shout out, give a stop by to the Brick House Bar and Grill right here in Sanger, California. Thank you guys so much. Let's get back to the pod. You have family players in Fresno State. You played in Fresno State. Um, but now, I mean, arguably, I would say for sure you have the best, the best podcast, the best sports podcast here, here in the in the Fresno in the Central Valley area, and you're for sure the go-to guy for Fresno State, dude. How how, how did that um, how did that start, dude? Because I know Bring the Juice, you see it now, even at the bowl game, a lot of people were rocking the, the Bring the Juice hat, so it was we really saw it cool everywhere, everywhere dude. Yeah. So you can't get if you watch Fresno State football. At one point or another, you're running to fucking bring the juice. Somehow or another, I'll just be honest with you. Um, so how did that, how did you, because I know you have the farming background. So how did you come up with the idea of like, fuck, I want to do a podcast. I'm going to get started. Um, well, how did bring the juice get started or how did the podcast get started? Both. Both. All right, let's start with bring the juice itself. So bring the juice is a saying, I'm a high energy guy. If you can't tell that by now, but, uh, I literally, I can't half-ass anything. I need to go 100%. I was never going to be the dude in athletics where they said his effort wasn't good enough or his application of his talents wasn't good enough. It's always, I didn't want to ever give a coach a reason to not play me or to take me out or to not trust me in a certain situation. And I would pass dudes on depth charts regularly. I learned this in high school because of my effort. Coaches love that shit. Play your ass off, you know? And um, anyways, when I was 18, it was it was one of our weight room sayings, guys. Fire me up. Let's go. Let's get after it. Hey, we got to – hey, no one else here. There's no one else. There's no crowd here to get us f- pumped up. We got to bring our own juice. We got to bring our own energy. And as I began to grow and kind of develop into uh, an example of high effort and wanting to be 
a positive vibe versus a negative vibe because I think that there's people that give off positive energy and then there's people that give off negative energy and you want to be a guy who if you're kind of down in the dumps or you're not feeling it today, I could get you going. And that's not mean to only be a hoorah guy. Yes, I'll say a speech here and there. I'll do what you need me to do. But you got to lead by example. That's that's with anything. Any good leader, they don't just, they don't just talk the talk. They got to walk the walk. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I didn't really like to talk in front of the team or anything like that until I was respected more by my peers. Um, but out of all those little sayings, bring the juice just became the thing. And then it hit a thing where the coach would be like, hey, we're flat today. Somebody get these boys fired up. And they'd be like, hey, Frankie D, which was kind of my <laughs> – That's a nickname. That was my college football name, Frankie D. <laughs> hey, hey, Frankie D, get these boys saucy. going. Someone's got to bring the juice right now. And I'd, I'd come in with my hair on fire. And uh, I'm sure there's some guys that maybe they weren't as fired up as other guys. But for the communal whole, it was a good thing because I was respected at that point. And people did respond to it. So I, I – Kind of ran with that throughout my uh, my college football days, and then when I got into my bobsled slash skeleton career, it stuck with me. And then, getting into your last little question about the podcast, um, you know, I know we're skipping over the bobsled part, which we'll, I'm sure we'll, 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 I'm sure we'll circle we're back. We're I'm sure we'll circle that. back to. <laughs> but uh, I that whole journey ended kind of abruptly. Uh, I was training and elevated fast to actually go to the Olympics is a really tough thing to do, but I was going enough to, I was racing and you're not racing against San Jose state or San Diego or Nevada or UCLA. You call your mom after work or after practice and you say, Hey, I raced a dude from Japan and Italy and Israel and Ireland and Jamaica and Canada and all these like you're racing countries at this point. Really the best of the best in the world, right? Yeah, the and like I'm training, I'm learning, I'm elevating. Um, but I got a, I got, I went from a real low low in my life athletically, because there is there is no like Pop Warner football where you go from Pop Warner to then freshman year to JV to varsity to red shirt to college to the NFL like. No nah, man, you're just automatically racing against Olympians if you if you meet a certain threshold, mm, yeah. and so that was really hard for me to not be. I was constantly losing because I'm racing freaking Olympians in a sport that I just started a couple months ago. A little um, bit of a learning curve, huge <laughs> learning curve. You know. And most guys, I mean, there's guys who have been training for 14 years and they've never made an Olympic. So Damn. in the short amount of time I had, I elevated fast. Uh, I'm blessed to have had that journey and the people I've met along the way and the experiences I had, but. That was a whole, that was a whole, a whole ordeal. Um, it ended with the blood clot, though, and my goal was to go to the Olympics. I didn't know when, I didn't know how, I didn't know what. I kind of had some form towards it, but I knew. Actually, say the thirteenth. Today is the thirteenth. Today is the thirteenth. Yeah. yeah. Three years ago today, I got the blood clot. Oh wow! Yeah. That day, is crazy. Day before, uh, day before Valentine's Day, wow. I was in the emergency <laughs> room. And I, uh, I was set. I was checked in for a flight to go to race in Lake Placid, New York, the next day. Mm. Um, and thank God I went to the hospital. I called my team doctor and we talked, and he's like, "Something's wrong." I was battling a calf injury, and uh, sure enough, I go and they're like, "Eh, this is weird." Blah blah blah. And 
found out I have a giant ass blood clot in my leg and uh they're like you're not going any flights anytime soon and I was like I'm actually leaving for like in like 14 <laughs> hours to New York and the lady's like you're not going on that flight I I didn't know about blood clots really uh you're not supposed to fly when you have a blood clot alleged supposedly or else you're going to die immediately that sounds terrible so, yeah so I uh kind of a blessing in disguise that I went to the hospital that night but um I it was it ended so just like not how I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be able to say, Hey, I'm going to retire and sit. It's like, Hey, you're not going to be able to race the rest of the season. And you need to keep racing. If you want to have any chance to continue towards the Olympic dream. Um, so it was just like out, um, cold Turkey mm. and bring the juice. It wasn't even on my mind at all yet. I, uh, kind of got the call. Re- things fell into place for, you know, I'm going to go work on this farm that I grew up on my whole life. I didn't go, I didn't work there all the high school and all the college. So I had this nine year gap, but it's like, Hey, it's, it's time to go home. I studied ag business. I, I was, it was, it's been the plan. Um, I had my role and I didn't know when. And then I was just like, Hey, you know, I talked to my family. It's like, it's time we need you. They needed me at the time too. Um, so anyways, I was not to get too far into it. I was working, uh, a job during harvest, which required me to get get to work at about 5 p.m. and I'd be done with work at about 4 a.m. Um, this is just a unique time during harvest, and it, I'm not kidding. It was like it was like the 10th day of do, going through this, uh, and I just got this vision, man. And I just started writing it down on a notebook. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was so hungry to make money. Also, I was looking at side gigs. I'm reading books. I don't read books. I'm starting to read. I'm reading like Rich Dad Poor Dad. <laughs> this is how I know I'm ready. We've all been there right? too. Reading that book. Like, book I swear right? to God, we've that's all good, been there. That's a banger. You book. get all. You're like, I, okay, I need to make a million dollars today. Like, <laughs> that's the book we all go to. I I googled ways to make money, and it all kind of came together. Um, just wrote down stuff I know. I would be good at talking about. And originally I was like, maybe I'll start a farming podcast, but I grew up farming. But at the same time, farmers don't know how to use their phones. They don't like technology. They don't listen to podcasts. They listen to AM radio every once in a Mm -hmm. while. It's just part of the deal. (laughs) And also I didn't want to have another farmer on who has 55 years of experience. Who the hell am I to say, ask him a question about, you know, farming or challenge him in farming. I don't know what the hell he's gone through Mm -hmm. generational experience. But I said, what I do know, I know how to bring the juice. And I would go against Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, anybody about the mindset of athletics at a high level. Um, And I knew that I had the respect throughout my athletic journey of knowing what it takes to earn that respect. And just kind of, you know, one thing fell into another and shit, here we are today. (laughs) That's fuck. That's, that's crazy. crazy. That's a bro. good story too. Dude, t- talk a little bit about because I know obviously a lot of times and, and probably a lot of people watching at home, right? They can kind of relate to the fact that plans change, right? Right. If sometimes the things you want in life are not always the things that are best for you, or the things that you know God or whoever you believe in yeah. maybe have planned for you in the long run. So talk a little bit about that, man. Where maybe someone's at home where they need some advice, where something they worked their entire life for they thought was going to work out didn't work out. Now they have mm-hmm. to change plans. Like, right. What advice would you give that person? I mean, there's the OG quote, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Um, I think that couldn't be more true. You know, there's people who go to college for a certain, with a certain degree, thinking I'm going to do this. Maybe they start working there and they're like, I don't really like this. Or maybe opposite. They, they do start working somewhere and they just, they, they, 
they can't handle the pressure and they need to do scale back or you work at a place. Maybe you start working at a restaurant and you're really good at it. And you say, shit, I want to go open my own restaurant. I'm going to think bigger than this. It's not easy, but again, a cheesy quote, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And I think there's too many people. I get called at least once a week. Some guy, a friend of a friend, this isn't, I'm not gassing anybody or calling anybody out. It's happened multiple occasions now. Hey, I got a buddy who wants to start a podcast. Can he give you a call later? No problem, bro. I'm more than happy to talk to anybody about a lot of things. I don't care. I'll go on an hour journey of a freaking conversation, and they'll be like, yeah, I think I'm going to start that in a couple months. And I'm like, well, what's holding you back right now? It's like, you know, I just don't know if it's the right time. And I'm just like, dude, life's too short, man. If you got something to do, write it down and figure out how you're going to attack it. Now, don't get me wrong. Financially, there's certain obstacles you have to overcome. That's your business. I'm not going to check anyone's pockets or anything like that. But find a way. Maybe you don't start out with all the fancy cameras and the nice microphones with the cool backgrounds. Maybe you start off in your mom's basement with an iPhone. Who knows? But if you have a dream or something that you want to chase, find a way. And, and, and there's, I mean, a good book to read is this one called Zero to One. I don't know why it hit me. But, like, think about when they started Facebook. That was the, there was no Facebook before Facebook. I guess there was like technically like MySpace, MySpace or something. Kinda, yeah. Kinda Tom, ish. Tom and MySpace. But <laughs> everyone wants. Do you guys remember that? As soon as Facebook came out, everyone says, oh, why did I think about that? There's mm-hmm. a million different things you could take that in comparison. That book is based kind of on that. Um, I just, I think you just, you got to try, man. You got to figure it out. And you know what? Especially, I don't want to say especially if you're in your youth. There's dudes who start businesses when they're 65 and become millionaires. Like, Shit or get off the pot. Find a way. It's 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 not always black and white. You don't go to school for business and open a business mm. right after you graduate and live happily ever after. Like you're gonna overcome some adversity, and maybe it's not even business. Maybe it's your family, it's your wife dealing with you being so dedicated to your business. Maybe that's your struggle. But come with a game plan. Find a way, and if not now, when? And if not you, then who, bro? Like mm. it's it's. You're fucking preaching. Time, right? bro. Preaching. I know he's yeah. preaching. Time. Time. He's you guys better write these down. Write these down. Time. Clip that. Clip that. Hey, clip that. Hey, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna edit that into like you know the motivational YouTube videos where they put some like the badass track. Some That's literally a badass track, and then we're gonna have we're gonna have you fucking. That's literally it right there. That's gonna be yeah. the next trending sound on Instagram. <laughs> I want you to talk a little bit about how you started as well, right? Because I know you had some imperfect action you took. You told us a little while back, and about some of the first episodes, man, where we've done some research. We heard that. There wasn't any fancy equipment. There wasn't a fancy cameras, right. fancy microphones. How was the like first couple episodes of Bring the Juice? First couple episodes of Bring the Juice. <laughs> um, <laughs> I invited four of my really good friends over. Who they, and, and, I, and okay, I don't know how you guys roll, but I said I want to have on elite athletes chasing greatness. That's my. That is. You have to be an elite athlete chasing greatness to come on the Bring the Juice podcast. And that's not me being some asshole saying, well, oh, you didn't play at a high enough level. You got to draw a line in the sand somewhere, mm-hmm. and that was my line. So all these guys played Division One football. Uh, there was one softball player, and we, uh, I said, hey, I'll, I'll barbecue us some food, and I'll, I'll get all, all the drinks we need. I got to start this thing. I got to break the ice. And it's awkward, and there's growing pains, and you feel like, I sound like a dumbass right now. Or you choke up. Or maybe you want to write all these notes down. 
and you're looking at them and then you're reading and you're like, that's not how I sound, bro. I'm not, I'm not in seventh grade reading Fahrenheit 451 out loud right now, bro. Like great book. Right. Like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to have a podcast and I didn't want to have interviews. I wanted to have conversations. I wanted that be one of my things. And And I'm sure you guys have podcast inspirations you, you listen to. And I mean, the first episode recorded of bring the juice, I did three months worth of research, understanding a game plan, getting my shit together before we launched, before I even like pushed it on Instagram. And uh, so anyways, we, you know, I, I drink a lot of Hennessy with on the podcast. It's, my, it's my family's. That's the juice. Drink. That's the juice. That's Hennie, the juice bro. that he brings. That's what he brings. And uh, so we, we drank Hennessy and 7-Up like my family has for generations now. And we had ourselves a great time. I asked a few questions. There was some good stuff in there. There was some stuff where I'm like, this is an inside joke mm-hmm. from you being my roommate for three years. Only me and you will understand. We sound like dumbasses right now. But you live and you learn. And I had my mom listen to them once they were published and critique the hell out of me. I wanted to hear people's what they liked, what they didn't like. Um, and it wasn't always shiny. Like our microphones, the battery, I didn't realize the batteries go out so fast. I used to change them like every <laughs> three times. Uh, batteries died. I had this great conversation. Wasn't even recorded. And I'm just like, well, hey, we got to do this again. And, you know, that's six Hennessy's later. Like, six, like shit, bro. Six we got <laughs> to come damn. back like in a, a later It was like time, just bro. gibberish. Like no real words <laughs> were said. Mean, we were we were smooth with it. We didn't say any stupid shit, but like six Hennessy's deep, it's bro. Bro, Henny is different. I've had some Henny nights. I mean, bro, I, you could ask anybody. I I will drink Henny more than anybody I know. But it's not like something to be proud of. It's just a statistic. Because <laughs> I drink um, more than anybody. Anything <laughs> is possible. But uh, yeah, man. I mean, it wasn't always pretty. And like I said, we started in the basement. I didn't have a studio. I was living at my mom and dad's house at the time still. Um, but I knew eventually I had a vision. I wanted a studio where I had my buddies' jerseys up on the wall with the turf, and it's a great sports podcast atmosphere. And I knew it was all going to come together. I didn't have the money for it. It wasn't in my budget. Um, so I'd, call my, I'd, I'd tell my mom, hey, I'm having a podcast. So-and-so's coming over. I'm talking like Quincy Pondexters, like not like some scrub, not saying my friends are scrubs, but like <laughs> not me's. Like yeah. there's some dudes coming over and then while we walked, my parents got a nice basement and I'm like texting my mom. There's no service. I'm praying this goes through. I'm like, mom, come downstairs, come downstairs. She'll walk down loud as shit, walk down and I'm, I'm trying, like my guests and me are looking at who's walking down the stairs, a dog will run in, like something will happen lose her train of thought and she'll grab my iPhone. Of course I have like that, you know, the seven at the time <laughs> and she'll hold it and she'll like have her glass of wine in one hand be like, I'm cooking chicken upstairs. I don't want to burn the chicken. I'm like, come on. I got Quincy, I got Quincy Pondexter talking I'm about. I'm trying to trace my dreams here. I'm walk, I got Quincy Pondexter in our basement talking about him guarding Kobe Bryant and you got chicken upstairs right now, bro. Like, <laughs> and honestly, I became frustrated and I, and I still, it's one of my biggest things I struggle with today is because I truly trust myself. I'm betting on myself to where I know I have good conversations with good content. And I'm sure you guys are feeling this too as fellow podcasters and content creators at this point. I know I have such a good product. I just, I have no background in social media. I have no background in any of this to get it in front of a million eyes. I know if I get it in front of a million eyes, if I get, you know, three percent to say 
like this enough to where they follow me and then they like the next one, shit, I might have a good little thing going here. But I knew I wasn't going to keep climbing that mountain to be successful in the growth of podcast world with my mom holding the iPhone in the basement for 30 seconds, shaking, <laughs> complaining about her chickens. <laughs> so with the glass of water. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? All good things take time, man. And I'm glad I went through that stage. I'm in my stage now. You know, my the people I work with now, they're like, dude, we need to buy a studio. And I'm just like, are we, are we ready for that? Are we, yeah. is that where we're at? Like, are we bringing in enough money to where we could, I could afford this? Um, you know, I'm LLC now. Like I, I got, I'm selling a lot of merchandise. People, sponsors are, they're floating. Um, mm. I'm just trying to be creative with how I can spread, bring the juice. And it's not something I have to sell people on. It's something I just need you to take a look and I know you'll like it. That's it. And that's, that's what I'm. That's why I think I am confident in it. Again, not saying how great am I, but I I do believe if you ever played a sport or if you kind of like being competitive or sports in general, you could relate to this. And that's mm-hmm. that's that's what I like. That's what I hang my hat on with the whole thing. I also want to talk about. Obviously, now it's a career for you, right? You you talked about your full LLC. You got some merch going on. You got a lot of cool stuff going on. So, at what point did you know it was going to be? It can actually be a career. Like podcasting can be a career for you. Um, so I still work full time. I, I'm, I've, I am an employee of Delana farms. If you eat onions, uh, from May to November, you're probably eating our onions mm, and yeah. it's awesome. And it's what I want to do. And I want to being the oldest son, being a family man who grew up with this in my blood. I definitely, um, that's not going to leave my life, but I'm in such a unique time right now with such a unique project that's gaining momentum at a speed towards like, you can't not do this. And I'm passionate about it. It keeps me in the game, bro. Once you're done with sports, again, I think people who have played sports, you are so, you're empty once you're finished, bro. Yeah, mm. passion doesn't leave. The doesn't interest, leave, yeah, man. Yeah, you still, I'll check up stats on people. It's like, stats, but it's even <laughs> like, I mean, you guys are in, we're in Sanger right now. Like, if you ever played high school football, go to a Sanger high school football game. You, you're nostalgic. It's fucking you bad. miss Crazy. it, bro. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, Sanger, I, yeah. I played here in the Valley. Like, Sanger's probably one of the hardest places to play by far. Easily the most respect I have for a program in the Valley is Sanger High School, football-wise. <laughs> I don't know since they made the split. I don't know how things are now. But at, in my era, I, was, I respected the hell out of Sanger. I work full-time, um, but Bring the Juice is, it is my second job. Um, and it, it's not, you know, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. People say that. I love bringing the juice. I really do. It keeps me in the game. I'm a man of faith. I believe you should be spending, spreading a positive message out into the world. And I think that I'm not spreading a negative message. I could definitely say bring the juice is a positive thing. Athletes come on that are world-class talking about what they're doing to chase greatness and how, whether it's between their mindset, their faith, their struggles and their upbringing and how they've overcome that. People could take that and be like, hey, you know, Michael Walker's dad died when he was in eighth grade. How did he react? He's in the middle linebacker for the Atlanta Falcons now. Yes, he's a physical specimen and all that, but athletes are people too. Mm-hmm. And to show that side of these guys is something I think they didn't get to see enough. B- NFL is a business. All I feel these like sports that gets lost. Business. Yeah, I feel like it gets it's lost, lost in a the lot. sauce all the like time. Like someone gets hurt and like, oh, dude, my fantasy team. Right, exactly. It's like, bro, it's like somebody so in their career and their life. Yeah, exactly. Talk about getting cut in the NFL. Like, you're a grown man. You were 
you're hired by a business. Let's say you're hired by the San Francisco 49ers. They hire you. They cut you because you don't perform good enough. That means you physically weren't good enough and you had to be fired from your job. And then, oh, by the way, now you're going to go get picked up by the Miami Dolphins and move all the way across the country for two weeks, and then they're going to cut you, but you're going to get picked up by, you know, the freaking Texans or something like that. Like, this isn't just you getting released from team to team. It's not like you're getting traded in your little league you're up team. Like, you're life. a grown-ass man. You might have a family. You might have a girlfriend that you like and you want to marry, but, hey, she can't handle this unstable life we're living right now. Paychecks aren't guaranteed. You're, you hear all these kinds of stories. Um, it's very difficult, but I'm very passionate about bringing the juice. I... Um, I have very high goals. I, I'm very hard on myself about performing well. And, you know, now that I have sponsors that are trusting me, um, understanding like, hey, you're getting good exposure from this. You're, I say iron sharpens iron. You're growing and I'm growing as this. Let's let's keep a good thing going right now. Um, you mentioned Fox Sports when we began. Got that. It's kind of settled in September this year. Helped me elevate drastically, kind of on a different, a different demographic for the most part. But it's Fox Sports Radio, and I am sports, but I'm not me and you talking about did the Raiders suck? Like I don't, I don't want not no discredit to you, but I think it's unique having a different athlete from a different perspective every week on and they get to tell their side of the story and it's not just this hardcore podcast where we dive in about the dirty you know darkness in your heart like we we drink whiskey we drink beer we freaking shoot the shit we talk about <laughs> it's a good time we yeah. talk about we, 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 we talk about the, the how you like your chicken wings we talk about the lighter things in life too <laughs> and also i mean don't you want to know how freaking josh allen eats his chicken wings don't you want to know how michael walker orders his tacos don't you want to know why freaking, you know, Keyshawn Johnson doesn't like vodka or something like that? Like, not Keyshawn Johnson's a great guy. He, he's <laughs> Keyshawn he, Johnson's he's a trading, great guy. one of my best friends. But he, like, getting – and I don't want to be some insider at the same time. And, you know, I think athletes appreciate coming on because they get to tell their side of the story. But at the same time, you see too much now on ESPN and all these bigger – Mainly ESPN at this point, where they want to ask the controversial questions. They want the clickbait. They want the clickbait. They want the views. And I'm not going to be the dude who asks the clickbait. Like, I'm not going to be that dude. I have enough respect for dudes to not be that dude. Because I know a, a big thing for you has been authenticity, right? We talked about this for the past few minutes. Um, and, and you, you, you know, you want to shoot the shit. You want to make it feel like it's just the boys, right? And you, you, you do create that atmosphere. And I think that's one of like what you said about kind of like your thesis for your podcast. I think you're hitting on the fucking nail in the head because that's exactly what it feels like as a as an outside person listening in. So that, that that that's badass, bro. Um, and I think that to touch on something you, you kind of mentioned a little bit earlier, how, how did you keep how did you, how did you keep that, dude? Because obviously you know you're working on the deal with Fox Sports. How was that conversation? where like, hey, this is my like line in the sand. This is who I am. This is what my show is. Um, how did they take that, dude? Was it kind of yeah. tough to navigate that, or was it uh, like an easy? No. So um, the representative for iHeartRadio and Fox Sports reached out to me in. Uh, in so I signed with them in September of 2022. He reached out to me in December of 2021. Mm -hmm. So I I hit because I made a splash pretty fast. 
And I was in about five months in. I get this giant text message. I end up calling this guy um, who's he's still there. I'm not going to say his name, but he's a great dude and a great mentor. And I owe him a lot for taking a chance on me. He calls me basically saying, hey, uh, I've been told to listen to Bring the Juice. He's like, I've seen Bring the Juice hats. He goes, talk to me about Bring the Juice. And I, I give him my uh, elevator pitch with a little bit of extra mustard on it. But like, I, I, wanted to oh, make sure, <laughs> I wanted him to make sure he knew who I was and why I did what I did. And we had about an hour phone call. Nothing. Not that he, he said, let me listen to a couple more episodes. Uh, let me see how it goes. Let me see how we feel it out. And I'll get back to you in a, few, in a few weeks. Never heard anything. And I didn't think much of it. And then in about June of uh, t- this last year, 2022, I've created a lot of momentum at this point. Had Coach Tedford on, a lot of Fresno State players on, athletic director, other Valley legends, dudes who aren't even from the Valley, but like they're just in the league and I've made connections with them now. Um, I, I got some momentum. And Fresno State, I don't know exactly how you'd put it, but like their media side pretty much goes hand in hand with iHeartRadio. And um, they said, hey, we're doing a pregame and postgame show with CK on B95 and we're looking for some people to host it basically. And they said, we have about, I don't know how many candidates they had, but they said, you're, you're, you're one of the top ones in this list. Would you be interested? I love the dogs. My brother's playing there. I'm already going to the games. Yeah. Might as down, well. Yeah. Right. And they're just saying like, we think it'd be good for bringing the juice. It's kind of a cross pollination. Let's do it. So within the midst of that, um, you know, I kind of have a little bit, a couple of phone call interviews and then they just say like, Hey, um, that same guy that reached out to me originally, we went full circle. He's like, you've grown. He goes, I actually have a slot that I want to fill. He goes, I have a show right now that's not performing very well. I followed Bring the Juice. I really like, I think it'd be beneficial to both of us um, for you to fill the slot. And automatically, I'm just thinking like, what is it, like 2 a.m. on Mondays or something like that? Like, <laughs> and he's like, night shift. <laughs> he's like, no, it's 4 p.m. on Fox Sports Radio from the bottom of Bakersfield to the top of Stockton. Sheesh. 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. on Thursday afternoon. So that's I'm just like, that sounds pretty prime to me, man. Like, that's when I'm listening to the radio mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever. And um, we did business. And, uh, but I did ask. I said, you know, does this mean I have to come into the studio to record now? Can I not do it in my now third bedroom of my now house? Mm-hmm. Um can I not drop an F-bomb? Can I not say this? Can I not? He goes, he goes, you do what you do really good. He's like, we will make it sound radio proof, essentially. And uh, so that's the relationship we have now where I do bring the juice and I send him the raw version of the episode. Um, there's some great men on their staff there that at iHeartRadio slash Fox Sports, same building, where they, um, they make it radio proof. And they roll the episodes out. So it's really not much extra work for me on my end. I had to do a few. I had to record a few like, you know, welcome back to Bring the Juice on 1340 <laughs> Fox Sports Radio. I had to do a few of those. Um, but because my first episode dropped on Fox Sports Radio, I took up that contract um, the start of September. And the first football game was the start of September. 
Well, I'm already – so I was on from 3 to 4 doing the pregame show for Fresno State Football. And then 4 to 5, you heard me again and Burning the Juice was getting launched. And I was like, all right, this is two hours of me in prime time. And I, it, it worked out. And so I did the pregame show and the postgame show and guys could call in. I got to know CK and become a little more um, – just kind of learn like the radio world itself because podcasting and radio is very different, but at the same Mm -hmm. time it's not. And you know, these guys who are the higher ups in iHeartRadio and Fox sports kind of got to see me operate literally live because it's live bullets running on the radio. Guys are calling in. Some guys are pissed. We lose a big game. They're Mm -hmm. pissed. Hey man. Hey man, calm down. I'm, I'm I didn't you. play. I didn't coach. I didn't do. But, I'm not but, the reason. But like, I think the reason they appreciate me is because I'm not the one to say you're right. Our quarterback wasn't good enough today. I'm the one who's going to be like, you know what, man? It's not what we wanted. There was a few good things. We got next week. All our goals are still ahead of us. I don't want any negativity right now. I get it. Get be pissed off. But tomorrow morning when you wake up, get over it because we could still win our Mountain West championship. We could still win our bowl game. Let's don't don't act like the world's melting. And I do think that. Look, man, I'm a passionate dude. There are some grown-ass men out there that cry cry way too much about 18 to 22-year-old kids playing freaking sports. Mm-hmm. Or even grown-ass men playing sports because their fantasy team didn't win. At the end of the day, you're a grown man. They're another grown man. Calm down a little bit. I get the passion. <laughs> I'm all for the passion. Be pissed, drop an F-bomb, you know, punch a hole in your wall. But to call in and mother F somebody, <laughs> come on, bro. You know, one thing I did want to ask about, um, this one I found it interesting, dude. Um, it's um, it's a little it's a little off topic. We haven't touched on it, but it's um, I guess your nickname used to be the Snow Cowboy. Now, real Ice quick, Ice Cowboy, Ice Cowboy, yeah, Ice Cowboy. Now, when I <laughs> when I think of that, it's hard for me to not think about you know blow. Um, wow, <laughs> cowboy hat, a cowboy wow. Hat. Like that's we, what I think of. I'm we thinking, took like, a damn, turn right now. This yeah. dude is out here. He's for the fucking boys, you know. So I mean, God, how, damn, how did you? Danny. I how said, did, I said there Jesus. was no bad question. How, how did you? How, how did the ice cowboy? Like, where was that born, dude? <laughs> you guys are all from around here, right? Yeah, we're from around. Right. Jesus Christ! How many times did it snow here, bro? Shit, never, never, never. like once. So One I time. didn't really, and my parents never really took us many places. Uh, so my first real experience with snow was playing college football. And when I developed, hey, I'm going to go try to be this winter sport athlete, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a culture shock. And I went, my first meeting ever, I went straight from the airport in Salt Lake City, drove to Park City with my bag still, had to make this meeting. And anybody who wears a cowboy hat understands the best way to travel with a cowboy hat is when it's on your head. Hmm. Um, so I, I roll in with, you know all my big ass jackets and shit, but I have my cowboy hat on to the first meeting. Like this is like the waiver introduction all over past that. This is like the, Hey, this is our schedule this week meeting. And, uh, you know, this is like skeleton. What I was doing, it's kind of, I've compared it. It's kind of a combination. I think depending what you, how you look at it, but there's a little bit of a flare of like NASCAR slash ultimate fighting comboed into it mm. all those every boxer every ultimate fighter they got like a nickname um one of my boys who races for israel he's the jewish jet that's like the his jewish name. shit damn <laughs> that's, 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 that's kind of cool dude's an olympian dude's a dog he's Kanye's like, punching the air right now um but he <laughs> stay woke but that's a clip. he uh no like he i mean like i i don't know so one of my assistant coaches just kind of he just dropped started on one it and 
it was cool. And I kind of needed to start raising money for the sport and I threw it in there. And then once that stuck, uh, like KC 24 did a, you know, a report on me and it's like the ice cowboy this morning we're here with the ice cowboy i was just like i i I did it's not like people are going around high-fiving me like what's up ice cowboy like (laughs) there was a select few people but then it kind of blossomed it was really much it was really bigger on fresno side than the park city side at the time it it was cool bro like maybe we'll pop up but it flowed it flowed (laughs) i got a little i had a little they got me a speed suit with it on so i had the big v right you had the big v on it i had the v on cowboy hat i had a few different ones Uh, that's pretty uh, dope yeah, with Ice Cowboys stuck in. I don't know. I mean, it's a badass name too, though. If you <laughs> yeah, really think about it's it, sexy. It works. You know? Yeah, yeah, it does have, like, have the spandex on, the tights, and dude, the, you got to be aerodynamic man. as hell, bro. That's it's good. I'm too caked up for that. I don't think crazy. I would be aerodynamic for that, bro. Like, I don't know if I could do it. What got you into all this? Like, especially from being from out here. Uh, I feel like it's not a sport like a lot of us know about. No, I. I Hard skeleton I today. Is the I first didn't know my... about it at all. Uh, took a class at Fresno State called History of the Olympic Games. Uh-huh. Teacher always said, uh, I try to tell my football players every year to try out for the Team USA bobsled team. The whole team is made up of ex-college athletes. I'm not thinking much of it. It's the, it's the summer. It's about to be summertime before my fifth year of football. I already graduated at this point. I was like, I'm about to be 22. I am in the best shape of my life, and I'm just going to go farm onions for a living. There's got to be something in between. <laughs> And uh, end up seeing that same teacher like before graduation, knew I had no, I had I really had no aspirations of going to the NFL. Not, not thinking I could. It just was, it never was, never was in the plan. Really, I want to play college football. And, you know, I watched Johnny Menzel growing up, and I was like, I want to go, dude. I want to be a part of that atmosphere. I feel like that experience right. too. Yeah, that's way great. And uh, but anyways, he kind of hooks me up with how to get in contact with people to try out. Went through a process, did some tryouts, did this, did that, the other physicals. Um, basically, find out I could either train in Park City, Utah, or Salt, or uh, Lake Placid, New York. And it just so happened that my now fiance I met earlier that week, uh-huh. the morning of graduation, was attending the University of Utah, oh, which wow. is in Salt okay. Lake City. So I was like, I'm probably going to go towards that chick, and uh, <laughs> it worked out. He knew what he wanted, but yeah, that's cool. You know, I. I wanted I, – I watched Cool Runnings growing up. The we always movie. talked about – I've told you – that's a good movie too. Great, great movie. movie. We always talked about going to the Olympics when we were kids for track. And then that dream just kind of – unless you only do track and you're super fast, it, it, it happens. But we started playing baseball, soccer, football, and all that other crap. You have to focus on different right. – yeah. And uh, took a different route with it. But I was like, you know what? Maybe this dream's still alive. And they made a good connection with a few guys, part of the, the team. Um went into the developmental program and enrolled with it. And uh, like I said, a chapter I never thought I'd have, but I'm glad I did it. That's one of the things, bro, I feel like not many people have on the resume, right? Like being a part of or, you know, working towards going to the Olympics, training for the Olympics. Can you talk a little bit about, like, was there any difference between training for the Olympics opposed to training for, you know, a college football game? College football, I started playing football in eighth grade. My parents would let me play before that. I knew I knew what I was capable of in high school. And then when I got to call Fresno State, I knew what I was capable of and what I had to improve on. Starting a brand new sport and trying to perform at the highest level possible was a whole different beast to try to tackle to the point where I had to 
totally rewire my mind to approach it. And I thought I was going to be bobsled. I ended up getting talked into doing skeleton, which is when you're head first by yourself. And it is, and I hate roller coasters, bro. I would never go skydiving. I'm with you. So it's like, why, why, why would you ever do this shit? And the <laughs> ultimate answer is like, bro, you're telling me there's a chance in hell I potentially could represent my country doing this? Mm-hmm. Enough for me to enough for me to 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 work my ass off towards it. Um, so like I said earlier, like it was just it was really difficult going from playing at Fresno State, your Division One football player, to there your bottom of the totem pole, and you're way back. And you got to learn how to drive. There's no brakes. There's no way to steer besides your shoulders and knees for the most mm. part. Your head kind of, and you just got to totally reinvent the way you think about things and. To put it in simplest terms possible, imagine you got pushed down a uh, cookie sheet head first. You're going to scream. You're going to be like, holy <laughs> shit. You're going to freak the fuck out, right? 100%. <laughs> so you have to somehow go from, oh, my God, and, and, and piece yourself back to imagine you're just laying on three pillows, chilling. And it's head first too, head right? First. I'm head first. If it's feet first, I'm like, all right, I How think I could do this. Going, bro? Like, head what's, first, what's no. The top speed? You want to hit 80. 80, 80, 80, you're hauling out. 81, you're like hauling out. Head first, though. Yeah. This is totally I safe. never hit 81. I never got <laughs> to that level. I never hit 81. The, but, like, you understand, too, the guy who gets first place and the guy who gets 10th place, sometimes, bro, it's a tenth of a second difference. And mm-hmm. there's nine guys in between. So that's very difficult, too. You get up. You thought you had a good run. You look at the scoreboard. It'll say Delana, USA, and then it'll have your number, your thing on there, and it's like you still got 12th place, bro. Like, it's it's – it more than anything, it made me give such a respect to Olympians. Like, there's people that train 12 years of their life, they miss it, miss it, miss it, and then they finally get it. And the mental struggles that those guys go through, the 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 heartache, the passion, it's something like I've never seen before in my life. Football has it to a degree, but also like think about it. One skeleton runs like 50 seconds. You're training four years to potentially get the opportunity to race for 50 seconds. It's tough, bro. There's a lot of politics. I could go for it on for two hours about the sport, the politics, how to train for it. It's just a whole different beast. It's a lot. Um, but it was a damn good time, and I made some noise, and I'm, 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 I'm blessed I got to experience it. And, you know, probably not going to do it anymore i'm i'm done i'm done in a year now so like, <laughs> i'm done and, and also you know you got to think like you got to think from a health perspective at one point too you know it's it's not it's not in my best interest and i've had a gr- plenty good enough athletic career for what i thought i would have and um i'm good with it how is the competition in that sport is it pretty tight pretty intense very intense um, I don't want to say a lot of politics, but there's politics to it. You know, like I said, you're racing countries, which is kind of different. But at the same time, there's cliques. Um, some people like each other more than they like others. I would say experience is invaluable, though. And there's two different types of people that are really, quote-unquote, pilots slash drivers. There's people who literally just like to do crazy shit. They do BMX they uh, are pilots, actual like fi- like actual pilots. They're used to like, they the, love that adrenaline. Like, they to, need like, the that G-force. adrenaline. They're used to mm. certain shit. Mm. And then there's guys who could run fast. I was kind of more on the run fast side of things. 
And I knew it was run fast with the combination of I knew I can mentally turn off my brain to accept pain because I will become better off of it, which that takes a long time to develop. Um, but I knew I had it. And so, you know, all these different people, different mixing pots, you know, there's guys who you think they'd, they'd all be four, four forties. Like there's dudes that aren't that fast, but they could just drive, man. They just, they've been doing it for so long. They just know how to freaking drive. It's more like the skill of it than anything. It's driving. And you know, it also, it's, you know, I'm sure, I don't know how much you guys know, like NASCAR at this point, but like, it's your, it's your sled, bro. It's about 30% your sled, 30% your get off, which is like a 20, 30 yard start. And then about, what is that? 40% left mm-hmm. of the driving itself. <laughs> and I'm, when I say a guy who, there, you know, there's every course in the world is different. Um, so you got to learn it. It's not like you just go left, right, left, right, left, right. Like you got to learn how to drive. And then you got to figure out the new track. And you got to figure out what works for you and the lines. and Because it's all about G-force. <clears throat> mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, it takes some getting used to if you're trying to be the overnight phenomenon of bobsled skeleton luge it ain't gonna happen buddy it's gonna take some long time <laughs> realistically like i i i i think 2026 olympics would have been attainable for me should have would have could have been like i said at the beginning of the mm. pod um but there's dudes who are grinding 12 14 years to go to that last olympics it's like when i'm losing by even if it was by a second or half a second that's eight years worth of experience, bro. You, and you just you can't do that overnight. That's it just nuts. doesn't really yeah. work that way, especially in today's you know level of athleticism. I feel like it's big, bro. I feel like it's one of those sports where it's like that peak. What do they call it? like peak performance or peak moment sports? Kind of like boxing, right? Where you can train for six, seven months for one fight, maybe two fights throughout the year, and you get knocked out in the first round three minutes in. <laughs> you train nine months for for that one moment, right? It's tough, man. I mean. Again, mentally, it's very difficult. It's it's also um, football is a team sport. A lot of things have to go right to win a football game. You do your part doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win the football game. Everyone's got to be firing on all cylinders at the exact same times to be perfect. And there's no such thing as a perfect game. You guys know this from athletics enough. Skeleton, you're by yourself. It's your ass. You fuck up. It's your it's your ass. You did that wrong. I think track could any individual sport could relate to that. So there's a different level a different mindset of i don't even call it pressure but dealing with that type of pressure a different approach um i don't know i think i think it's part of it definitely bro definitely um i I think it's that's badass bro your story from going to olympics all the stuff you kind of shared with us today and i think it's going back to kind of what you said earlier about how maybe got cut a little short because the blood clot not necessarily cut short but maybe rerouted right so i i think it's um going with it rerouting um i want to kind of talk a little more about as well um about bring the juice man as, as far sure. as like the future of i know you talked a little bit more about the barstool sports um that kind of model a little bit but what's next for bring the juice people watching at home they, they follow your show what's next um i don't know when this launches but i had a there's a golf tournament that i'm put up um kind of want to make it like a pro-am thing where all the athletes that i've had on all come back to one place at once People could pay to play with these guys. Um, going to be an awesome experience. A lot of cool merch is going to come out of it. Some great content. I'm also having a dinner the night before with all these guys just as an appreciation for you know, coming with me. But also, I don't think there's been a dinner where there's 20 NFL guys at one setting, a couple Olympians, the coaches of Fresno State. 
I think I could be that guy that ties everyone back together, shows a little appreciation for the athleticism in the Valley. Um, with that too, you know, we talked about Fresno State. One of the things I'm doing with that tournament is all the net proceeds are getting donated back to the Fresno State football stadium. I think building a new stadium is a step in the right direction to get into that better conference, which mm-hmm. will lead towards a better economy of Fresno, better things. Um, you know, there's a lot of different campaigns for it. I'm just trying to do my part, bro. If I could raise – if I could make it to where I could write a $30,000 check back to the program that helped – you know, shape a part of my life and now my brother's lives. I'm, I, I'd love to do That's my part with that. And hopefully a business, um, another group sees that as like, yo, I like this kid's energy. I want to work with him. I want to double it. I want to match it. I want to do this, that, and the other. Um, so that the golf tournament is going to be a badass event. I, I'm getting married the end of April. So I wanted to have another event. I wanted to have a bench press a thon. It's a whole vision, another vision <laughs> thing. Uh, but it, another way to raise money for the stadium, just, just a little more creative. I do a, I don't know if you guys play beer die. I'm partnered with Die is Life. We do a tournament every year at the frats. Mm. Drink with the college boys that's, still. That's you pretty know, it's, it's fun. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's awesome. And then, you know, I think just this is the year of me traveling a little bit more. I'm trying to incorporate it into the budget. Um, I got some opportunities with some people. I'm supposed to get Jeffrey Wilson Jr. on soon. Um, Dog. You know, no me and Dog. Derek talked earlier in the year about him coming on. He's He said he was for it. And then, again, this is nothing at him, just about life happens. Uh, yeah. He's going through it right now. Derek's got some very big life decisions to make. I'm not going to be the one to try to get the hot take or the clickbait. I don't want to talk to Derek Carr about his decision and going through it. I want to talk to Derek Carr about how Derek Carr thinks to be successful. Um you know, there's the heavy hitters like the Aaron Judges. It's tough. They're going to start spring training. I also, you know, this, this is just me, but, like, I want to earn those stripes, if that makes sense. Like, I think I'm getting there. I think I'm trending on the right direction. Um, Trey Lance owns every Bring the Juice hat. He's going to come on the pod. Kyle Jusek, mm. week 13, repped one of the Bring the Juice hats for his pregame. There's some guys on the Falcons. Uh you know, me and Josh have talked about it. Mm-hmm. I, I want to have Josh on. Um, both farm kids. I Obviously, he's had a better athletic career than I have. But, <laughs> but like, dude, like, Josh is for the boys. Josh is a dude who just is trying to chase greatness. And as much as people want to talk to him about, you know, fun shit, golf, video games, being a quarterback, I think there is a young Valley kid deep inside him that has a story to tell that – Hasn't been asked the right questions mm. yet. Maybe he has been asked it, but not from the right person where it'll hit home. Especially, you know, maybe you get 100,000 listens from around the United States. I think it'd be cool to get 100,000 listens in his backyard. I think that would be cool. And uh, so chasing bigger fish, you know, I don't even consider him bigger fish, but I just, I consider him people um, that I couldn't get a year ago, but I, I think I can now because I've built that enough enough of that bridge of status like hey he's cool i had danny woodhead on a few weeks ago you know trying to get some more patriots um keep the ball rolling but keeping that valley base and i think me being from here and having the character and the morals that i have of high integrity and high character i guess you'd call it i will do that no matter who i have on so keeping that going you know 
Always looking for new merch lines. If anyone's got any recs, um, got some NIL stuff that I'm doing with some players coming up. Uh, trying to get the ball rolling, man. I want people to support the Valley, and I think there's enough good people here that'll do it. Sometimes you just got to be the one that, you know, crack, cracks the ice. That's money, yeah. bro. That's pretty badass, bro. Um, real quick, uh, before before we wrap up, dude, where, where can people find you? Obviously, you got the hat, rep, and bring the juice. But uh, drop drop your socials for the camera, bro, so we can. Yeah, I mean, we're we're on. Uh, I don't even know what it is. Bring the juice pod on the gram. Our Twitter's <laughs> something, something. Just type it. Bring the juice. It's the one that looks like, you know, our hat. Um, we're on YouTube. I, one of the biggest things I slept on was YouTube, bro. I didn't start YouTube until like two months ago, three months ago. Mm. Get gotta get the YouTube page going. I kind of laid off TikTok the last like five months. I don't like TikTok. I don't know why. I heard they were gonna get banned eventually, so I was like, whatever. Um, but Apple, uh, Spotify, Pandora, I think SoundCloud. I'm not sure. And then Fox Sports. Oh, iHeartRadio app, of course. Shout out to iHeartRadio. And then um, Fox Sports, baby. Fox Sports, four to five p.m. Thirteen forty. Check us out. We got that hot shit every week. Uh, <laughs> Bringthejuice.net. We, we're always doing sales and stuff on merch and some new hot stuff going, exclusive stuff getting dropped. Um, we got it all. And, you know, I appreciate having you guys, you guys having me on the show today. Seriously, an honor. I hope you guys have great success. And if there's anything I could do to, to help make it happen, I'm, you know, I'm a text away, man. So. Appreciate that. Yeah, man. Appreciate it, man. You definitely brought the juice today, man. And those of you guys watching at home, if you're ever looking for some juice, some inspiration, or just kind of that next level, right? The little different type of mentality and different type of questions that are being asked to, especially to athletes, high level athletes, um, go give them a watch, man. Go give them a listen. Appreciate I know that. before this podcast, we had a solid couple sessions we were just kind of going through and we're like, damn, this guy's like, we, we found ourselves <laughs> hey, like hey, he being entertainers. Yeah, yeah, dude. It was, it was legit, man. But I want to end off this podcast today with uh, it's an official all aces like final question that we ask sure and uh it's kind of like a situational base where i want you to like picture frank like young frank right where <clears throat> maybe you can take it back to the blood clot frank right where maybe not everything is going right and kind of things are rerouting your yourself a little bit what's some advice you would give to young frank before everything works out before the fox deal before you had everything figured out not so you have everything figured out now but just before you've kind of got on that right path right to get you through it it's what I've always done, man. Keep your head down and go. Just you, you got to find a way. Sometimes, Danny Woodhead said it great, doors open all the time when another one closes, but sometimes you just got to kick a door down. And mm. it's, t- it's much easier said than done, but you do. And I, I keep God in my life, man. Like, I'm not a perfect man at all. I try to be every day. Um, I try to have a good attitude. And like I said, I like to control the controllables. I'm not going to get a million followers overnight, but maybe I could go for 7,200 to 7,220 today. And that's just part of the deal. And, uh, you know, keeping your head down, going. And I think writing down your plan too. Everybody wants to do stuff overnight. Everyone wants overnight success right now. All good things take time. And if you could write it down, and think about where you want to go and make practical goals on how you're going to get there. It can mean a lot. And sometimes I'll write down a five, a five year plans. So I don't know if Elon Musk said this or some bullshit, but write down your five year plan. Try to do that shit in six months. How are you going to do that now? So mm-hmm. attack it. And you know, again, if, if not now, then when bro, if not now, then when, so well, I've stuck to that. We're on the right track. I hope to keep elevating that way. That was some gyms right there. 
Kick the door down. I love that one. <laughs> Shit. Well, that does it, boys. Um, we appreciate you, Frank, coming on, man. You dropped a lot yeah, of fucking thank gems. Thank you, guys. Um, I think you inspired a lot of people, man, a lot of young athletes. Um, and even outside of young athletes, man, you inspired a lot of people that, you know, it doesn't matter if, like you said, man, one door shuts down, another one opens, and, uh, well, you definitely kick some doors down. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> man, you're, you're fucking killing the game, man. So we appreciate you, and uh, we appreciate you at home. So, look, make sure to subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. And uh, if you watch on Apple or Spotify, leave a review. And we'll see you guys on the next one. Peace. Peace.